Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host, is with us today. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. So we're always looking at tips, tools, uh, leadership advisors, authors, uh, leadership gurus who can give you some other tips, aside from what Kathy and I have, to help you perform in the top 10%. So in the leadership development literature, this idea of the top 10%, it's a tipping point. And if you can get you or you can get some of your uh, people that you lead into the top 10%, they are a lot more productive and effective at what they're doing. So there's a big uh, increase of being good to going to great. And today we're going to talk with a uh, leader who basically coaches other leaders. And we're going to be talking about, are you a leader worth following with Tim Spiker? And I'm going to bring him on in, in a couple minutes. We'll go through a little bit of his bio. But if you've been listening to our show for the last 14 years, you know, Kathy and I have a new book, uh, Emotional Brilliance. And that's the title of our new book. You can get it on Amazon. And what is emotional brilliance? Well, we both have a background in emotional intelligence. And emotional brilliance is if you gather up some of the key strengths, characteristics, and what do you use in the moment? Everything happens in the moment. You demonstrate your leadership in the moment. You demonstrate your communication in the moment. You demonstrate your decision-making in the moment. So how do you fill those moments with more self-awareness about yourself and more other awareness about others? So how do you read the situation and so that what comes out of your mouth is the best decisions, best communication? This is really what we're calling this emotional brilliance. So you're taking all your experience and you are retrieving, you're summoning, you're beckoning, what should I do right now so you can be your best? couple things that have been listening uh, you know, to our shows. Dr. Kathy Greenberg uh, has written nine books, including What Happy Companies Know, What Happy Mothers Know, Fearless Leaders, um, Sharpen Your Focus Now. And she has a free iPhone app, Your Happiness Now. So if you heard her voice and you want to see her face, uh, you can go to Your Happiness Now and get a uh, free iPhone app. And if you've been following us, you know, I'm an author of seven books, and the last one with, with Kathy, Emotional Brilliance, but also Physician Burnout and Leading with Emotional Intelligence. It has a lot of different uh, tools. And you can see and hear uh, both Kathy and I more at um, www.eblifebook.com and also www.emotionalbrilliance.academy. We have a whole set of tools and uh, e-learning. So let me tell you a little bit about the person that we're going to you know, interview today, Tim Spiker. And Tim's the founder of the Aperio and also uh, a book of the, o- the Only Leaders Worth Following. So he has this idea, it's the who, the person, uh, not what principle a profound research-based truth that has powered 15 years of his leadership development success. So we're really interested in uh, tapping this from Tim. Uh, He reveals in his book that 77% of leadership effectiveness comes from who the leader is and not what they do. So using this principle, Tim has helped uh, tons of people to become and stay leaders who are actually worth following. So it's one of those things... We talk about leadership. If you're leading the way and you're charging ahead, do you turn around? Is anybody behind you? Um, an ideal leader is going to have a bunch of folks you know, behind them. Tim has worked with leadership teams in North America, Australia, and Asia, and currently lives in uh, Atlanta with his wife and four kids. So we'll be talking about his book, but you can go to his website, uh, which is theaperio.com. 
And we'll find out from Tim a little bit what that means. But www.theaperio.com. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to visit with you and uh, with your audience. Oh, great, great. Yeah, we're excited. And I know you've done a bunch of podcasts, and it really does seem like uh, at this point, uh, everybody's got a podcast. It's just, you know, pretty exciting. That <laughs> Kathy and I have been doing this for quite a while. Now, and do you have a podcast also? Uh, well, you know, like everybody else, we haven't started ours yet, but it is, uh, it's in the pipeline, <laughs> I must admit. It's in the making. Okay. Well, it does yep. seem to be yep. a great venue. You know, we have, uh, you know, over the years, about 4 million downloads of these shows, and it's, you know, it's there forever, so people can tap on it. So um, we have some questions we want to ask you, and this whole idea, are you a leader worth following? So to get into kind of how that came about and also to, you know, get an idea about you and your influences, you know, who and what have been kind of the most powerful influences that have kind of led you to be who you are today? Oh, wow. Well, uh, on, the, on a personal front, um, you know, I've had a, a great bez- business mentor, uh, a man named Mike Kane, who has led in a, variety of, uh, in a variety of organizations around the world who I was fortunate enough to uh, bump into right around the age of 30. And as great leaders do, the impact of that person just seems to multiply and ripple out in your life uh, for much longer periods of time than yeah. when they uh, initially bump into you. So, so Mike is one. I, I have to admit, uh, probably other people may have had a similar experience, but, you know, I have a family member. My father um, has been a huge influence in terms of his small business owner and a medical practitioner who I got a chance to watch. Um, I didn't necessarily know that I was in the leadership development process of my own as I was growing up, but I look back on it now and I see that it's really evident. So uh, those, are, those are a couple of folks in terms yeah. of my own personal development that come to top of mind. Well, it is you know, interesting, and I'm sure you, you talk with the folks that you coach, you know, both Kathy and I are, are coaches, and those early learnings are so important, and, and you know, one or both parents and uh, how you've kind of made the most of that. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about, you know, what is the, uh, the who and not what principle, and how did that come about? Sure. Well, the who, not what principle was not something that I was looking for. I was, uh, had the opportunity to work for a, uh, leadership development wing of a small boutique consulting firm. And we would take people up to the west side of Pikes Peak in, uh, in Colorado here in roughly the center of the United States for a week at a time. And we would put them through a number of leadership experiences, but we had assessments that went along with the experience. And our clients would routinely ask us, what's the magic mix if I have this particular personality profile and I have these particular strengths, does that give me a better or worse chance of being a more effective leader? And ultimately, we had enough data with the three assessments that we were using to go ahead and, and do that investigation because we wanted to be able to answer their questions. So, so my colleague, Vanessa Kiley, she was our resident number cruncher. And so she took all of our data and she went off, she put it through its statistical paces, and here's what she found. Absolutely nothing. She found no statistical correlation between personality, natural ability, and leadership performance. But because statistical software operates the way that it does, it actually looked for correlations in places where we were not looking. And thankfully, Vanessa paid attention to that data. And as I was getting ready to leave her office one night after she told me that we hadn't found anything, she she said that we did find something that we weren't looking for. And frankly, I really love that part of this story because we we didn't set out to prove something, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we weren't, right. we weren't looking for what we found. And what the, what the statistical software showed is that we had an eight-part leadership assessment, and it showed that just two parts of those eight were driving almost 70% of the variability on the assessment. And she re-ran those numbers a few years later when we had 10 times the data points, at that point, 20,000 data points, and that number went up to 77%. Wow. 
And that's when we discovered this thing that we call the who, not what principle, because of those eight areas of leadership, six of them were about what leaders do, and two of them were, uh, were about how well-developed how well developed leaders are as people. And it was those two. It was the who aspects that were driving 77% of the variability on the leadership assessment. So that's how the who, not what principle was born. We were looking for something else. But the statistical software showed us just how critical who we are, uh, how it lands on top of our effectiveness as leaders. That's great. Well, um, yeah, Tim, I have to say this is uh, I've been listening uh, and hello, everybody. Uh, I've been listening <laughs> to the conversation and I, I have to say it's very compelling. And I, I worked with a really uh, well-respected captain uh, at a police department out in Tucson once, and he wanted to write a book called What Leadership Is Not. And I think it's fascinating <laughs> to listen to you. You know, are you a leader worth following? And sometimes, you know, it's so hard for people to see the, as you're saying, like the behavior until they can see the data. And mm-hmm. I, I really give you a lot of credit for looking through the, the details you know, to find the things that we really need to learn about. And the fact that you found these things is pretty darn amazing. Well, uh, I would I would repeat her name again, Vanessa Kiley. Uh, she works with an organization uh, now called Exceptional Leaders. She and I and her business partner, John Ott, we, do a, we continue to do a ton of collaboration. So thankfully, she had the, uh, she had the technical skills to dig around in that data and, and have that result pop out. And uh, it's certainly been a blessing to me in my career. And, and for those who choose to embrace it, I think it really helps them uh, become more effective leaders. So I'm very thankful to have been a part of it. Well, we're, Tim, we're gonna... thankful that you're here. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. With the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. 
That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices Top Performers. We're talking with Tim uh, Spiker, the Aperio. Um, and Tim, before the break, we were talking about the, the who versus the what, and the two areas uh, are more about who the person is. And so maybe tell us a little bit more in depth about, you know, what were the two who, you know, as, as you're um, thinking about that, you know, it really does remind me of the Jim Collins Good to Great was not really doing a book on leadership but came up with that level five leadership, which was really around mm-hmm. humility and will, which sounds like they would be who issues. So, yeah, so say a little more about that. Well, that, that's a really good observation regarding Colin's work. Of course, uh, his work is legendary, but he did start to lean into that leadership space, and, and, and frankly, I think that happens lots of times when we're willing to follow where the data goes. And so uh, thankful for all of Colin's work, really, really exceptional things. But the way that we break down the issue of who, and for as many times as we're going to say who during this conversation, I feel like we probably have to pay some type of royalty to Dr. Seuss here. Um, the, the two aspects that we talk about that make up who you are as we sp- think about this leadership space is inwardly sound and others focused. Those are the two big buckets that we found that were creating the lion's share, over three-quarters of the variability in the leadership 360 assessments that we were giving people. So that really like is that. very parallel to stuff that Kathy and I talk yeah. about when I, in the intro. I like it. You know, so inwardly the, sound and others-focused? Inwardly sound and others-focused, yes. Yeah, I like it. And we, we talk about that, you know, in a formula around emotional intelligence, around uh, insight, which is similar to what you're saying is inwardly sound, and we'll, we'll break that down more, you know, from you. Um, and then empathy, what do you know about others? So insight times empathy times clarity, which I think we all bring to the, the party as uh, coaches, leaders, and how do you get more information about yourself, how do you get more information about others? So say a little bit more, you know, as you break down inwardly sound, maybe we'll start with that one. Okay, great. So if we speak about it in its broadest sense, I I like to use the analogy of a boat. So imagine that we're heading out to sea, and I want you to think about the hull of this ship that we're on. And what would be the characteristics that you would hope, that we would hope as we head out that are true of this hull? Of course, you would hope that every board that is a part of the hull of that ship is one that has integrity. Now, sometimes when you look at a piece of wood, it looks fine on the outside until you put a little pressure on it, and if it's got wood rot, you find something that you're not very excited about. So we would hope that the boards that are the hull of this ship don't have any of that wood rot, that they are uh, as strong as they appear to be, that they have that level of integrity. And then when you think about all the, all the connecting points between the different boards, you would want those to be solid and reliable as well. And so ultimately, when those things come together for this ship that we're on, it creates something that can essentially you know, bear the weight of its load and take a beating if the weather should get bad. You know, there's going to, there is going to be, if we're going to be out at sea for a little while, we can count on some rough weather. We're going to count on some, some waves and wind. They're going to be a part of the equation. And we certainly want to be traveling in a ship that has a hull that you can count on, that you know is going to uh, withstand all of the blows that might come to it. So take that exact same description and now just apply it to a person. Is this a person who has integrity, who is actually solid through and through? Doesn't, doesn't, you know, it's not a matter of looking good on the veneer, but when you look at the whole of who they are, there's somebody that you can count on. When the pressure comes, when the challenges come, uh, they don't crumble, but they're strong enough to be able to withhold that. When we talk about being inwardly sound, you're talking about uh, a person that has the same qualities of the hull of that ship that I just described. So, Tim, I have to tell you, I live on a boat, okay? 
(laughs) Really? Yeah, I I do, and I'm loving your analogy. Um, Not that my boat is wood. It's it's a big old fiberglass thing, but... um, you know, the one of the biggest things that we fear, right, when we do live on a boat um, is, you know, sinking. And I laugh all the time because we're only in six feet of water. So I tell people, don't worry about it. We're only going to go down and drop about a foot. But <laughs> if we were out at sea, right, and something happens, right, if we hit uh, something we didn't see under the water, which happens all the time, there's crabness. You know, big, big Mm. crab uh, boxes all over the place. There's fishing nets. Uh, There's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's anchors uh, that get left by ships that go ground that don't think that leaving their anchors behind are going to cause a problem. So look at your analogy, right? Think about all Mm -hmm. the obstacles that hull has to endure and stay sound to keep the life of the people it's carrying safe. To me, you know, that inwardly sound has a lot of things pressing in on it. And it Mm -hmm. it means so much more in the description that you just created for us. And yet to be others focused, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is, that is the second, the second step there. And for many times when we talk with our clients, we talk about inwardly sound being the gateway that others focus because when we're not stable within ourselves, when we're not grounded within ourselves, it becomes very difficult to be an others-focused person because we have so many of our own needs and questions unanswered. And one of the things that we talk about pretty regularly in the inwardly sound space is what does it mean to be secure and settled? which is essentially the opposite of being an insecure leader. And insecurity in leadership is, is like this unbelievable cancer that keeps leaders from looking at both the organization and the people that they're leading. And so we will often talk about how important it is to have the foundation of being inwardly sound set because it enables us to then turn our attention outside of ourselves. Then we can take on some of the other ideas. You mentioned empathy. Uh, We talk about empathy certainly as well, such an important uh, character quality. Uh, We also talk about in that other focused uh, space of things, what does it mean to be attentive, curious, humble, and a Greek word called agapon. And then eventually we talk about something that the two of you are so very familiar with. You know, our terminology is emotional maturity, and we think that that there are pieces of both being inwardly sound and others focused that are a part of that. But to use your term, emotional brilliance, what does it mean to combine those two things? So ultimately, this uh, discussion around being a leader who is inwardly sound, I'm certain there are many people listening who have unfortunately had the experience of following a leader who was not inwardly sound, who was insecure and not self-aware and lacked a number of other things from a principal standpoint, and they know the pain of following somebody like that. It's just not only ineffective, but it's also uh, very damaging, frankly. So, yes, others-focused is built on top of being inwardly sound. And just for our audience, Tim, say again some of the characteristics of the other-focused. Sure. So at Others Focus, we talk about being attentive, curious, empathic, humble, and a Greek word called agapon uh, that people, well, we, we can dig into that if you like, but it requires a little translation. Okay, go ahead. Let's just while we're on it. What's agapon mean? <laughs> okay. Let, let me, I'm going to tell you the definition that we use, and then I'll tell you the translation. The definition that we use for agapon is service to and care for others that is selfless, consistent, and unconditional. Service to and care for others that is selfless, consistent, and unconditional. Because when we get a chance to follow leaders that are not primarily about their own ego or their own bank account or their own upward mobility, we get a chance to trust them more. And so we bring more of the want to to uh, the work that we're doing than just the have to. When we know, when the person says, hey, I want you to run through that wall, and we know it's somebody that's for us and not just for themselves, we're, we're going we're gonna to run through that wall with a lot more vigor. And so that's the concept of Agapon. Now, here's the technical translation. The technical translation in English is to be loving. 
And yeah. that throws a lot of people off, uh, especially in the for-profit space. And so because we're limited in the English language, because I love my wife and I love basketball and I love a Snickers, that's all the same word, uh, we thought it was best to go with the Greek translation, which gets us to that definition of service to and care for others that is selfless, consistent, and unconditional. You'll notice that uh, there's not a, not a lot of emotion in that definition because it's about a commitment. It's more about a decision on behalf on, on the leader who says, here's how I'm going to live, behave, and interact with our others, uh, e- even regardless of whether or not they deserve it. I'm going to do this for and with them, and that creates amazing followership. So, Tim, this brings us to a question, uh, because the, the agapone I'm, I'm familiar with is a word meaning love, uh, and of course love in, in the sense of uh, commitment to someone else. But yes. I, I'm not sure that, you know, that we have enough words in the English language, uh, which we've always been accused of by our uh, forefathers in the UK of expressing. <laughs> so how, how do you uh, reconcile some of these differences in leadership styles from different countries um, who have a variety of words for such things as uh, self-awareness, um, love, uh, you know, words that they can use like you said, to distinguish between the love of, of a basketball, a Snickers bar, or <laughs> or their significant other. Yeah, yeah. Well, one one of the ways that we uh, deal with that on the international stage is that we give we give an anchoring word, but in, but in truth, we spend more time talking about the definition. We spend more time talking about what it means, and so. In some regard, regardless of the literal translation, our work is about making sure that we all get on the same page about what that means. And, and what's been really fascinating over the years is that we have found that other organizations have also done research that points in this same uh, who-not-what direction. So human synergistics is one of them. They've been around the globe many times over, and I've had a chance to interact with some of their folks when we had a common client. And again, they use slightly different words because we weren't coordinated in our research, but when when we looked at the results, it was all aligned. KRW out of uh, Minneapolis here in the United States, they're another organization that was able to show very similar results as well. And so when we're in those international spaces, we, you know, regardless of international or not, we focus more on the definitions than the single word themselves. That gets everybody on the same page. But I'll, I'll share with this with you that, that jumps out of the research space. So there's research that KRW and Tim, can I, human synergistics. Tim, can I yeah, ask you? Sure. Can I ask you to just hold that thought? Because we're going to go to a quick break, and I don't want to miss a word. (laughs) So stay right there. We're listening to Tim Spiker talk about, are you a leader worth following? Come right back. We're having fun here at Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. 
Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Tim Spiker, a very enlightening conversation. His website is www.theaperio.com. And Tim, before the break, we were talking about some of the cultural issues that you see, maybe uh, given all the different areas that you have work with leaders. So maybe um, kind of take us back to some of those areas and with the who and uh, principles that you're dealing with. Sure. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, folks as we're getting started in this work is, tell me about the, the best leader that you've ever had the opportunity to personally follow. And it's always a very interesting story that, that comes out of it after that. And so just before the break, we were talking about research from various organizations that points to this phenomena uh, that who you are plays such a pivotal role in how effective you are as a leader. And to, to our data, data, that's three quarters of your effectiveness as a leader. But the data doesn't always bring, uh, it, it tells a story, but it doesn't always tell the whole story. So I'm in a room with uh, leaders in uh, Malaysia a number of years ago, and we're, we're going over this question, who's the best leader you've ever personally had the opportunity to follow? And we're going around the room hearing people talk about those best leaders. And there's two very notable things that happened. Number one, they, they really only talk about who those leaders were as people. And you can try this, your audience, try this with somebody. Ask them about the best leader they've ever personally followed. And I would say three quarters of the time, maybe even higher if you pay attention. If you ask 10 people this question, most of the responses that you're going to hear are not going to be about the skills or even the intellect of those leaders. You're going to, about, you're going to hear about who those leaders were as human beings. You're going to hear about, oh, they invested in me. They spent time with me. They gave me opportunities that I wasn't quite ready for, but they took a chance on me, which gets back, frankly, to the insecurity thing we were talking about earlier. People, when you ask them, Who's the best leader that you've ever had a chance to follow? They literally talk about the character qualities of that person. And that should be something we should all pay attention to, because if that's what makes somebody the best leader, then those are the things that we should be working on. And so that's the first thing that always happens when I ask that question. But when I'm in that room in Malaysia, matching up with the data from these various organizations, I mentioned KRW and in particular Human Synergistics, it was amazing to hear leaders from that region of the world as well as the Middle East who are in the room who gave answers about their best leaders that were identical to the types of things that clients in North America and Australia had said as well. In other words, when we talk about 
who in the who, not what principle, we're talking about something that is connected to the human condition, not a particular culture. And Tim, that's really important for people to understand because just like Ekman's facial expressions that are mm-hmm. fairly, uh, you know, universal, right? Sadness, fear, surprise. Uh, you know, we have a common theme that if we just listen, is so critical for all of us to understand. Yet, and I'm not asking you to get into this subject, but, you know, Relly and I, in the Emotional Brains Academy, we have a whole program called GovXPath, and we do something in there uh, called EB Guardians for law enforcement. And we know the biggest number one issue in law enforcement right now is leadership. People think that it's, uh, you know, the, the white on black, um, crime. It's it's not really. And if you talk to law enforcement professionals, they will tell you it has nothing really to do with race. It has all to do with the leadership philosophies and what mm. law enforcement has been taught to value that makes mm. the difference in the spirit of those leaders. And I see now more than ever your approach here, uh, you know, who, not what principle, really means so much if you think about what we're dealing with. But getting on to how organizations can help themselves, um, how Mm -hmm. how can or how does an organization uh, begin to find leaders worth following? What's that process? Well, first of all, they have to, and have to may be too strong of a word, but, you know, (laughs) what what I hope for them is that they will shake the, shake the fear or the hesitancy to be in a discussion about who we are. You know, ultimately, if, if three-quarters of our effectiveness as leaders is fueled and determined by who we are, imagine if organizations put a, put a limiter and say, hey, look, we can talk about skills and we can talk about tactics and we can talk about things that might fall into the tool toolbox category, but we can't actually talk about who we are. If we do that, we're cutting ourselves off from three quarters of what makes a leader effective. So I get that in some organizations, and I say some because it's not true for all, in some organizations, they're not accustomed to that or that feels uncomfortable to say, wait a second, we're going to talk about being curious. We're going to talk about being humble. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a principled leader. You mean we're going to talk about things that that might challenge people, not at the skill level, but at the who level of who they are? And my answer is you have to. You you have to. Well, I guess you don't have to. You, You only have to if you want to be a great organization. If you don't care about being a great organization, then then you don't have to. But I think the number one thing that organizations need in order to maximize the effectiveness of their leaders is they have to be willing to go there in the conversation, and, and frankly, not all are. So, Tim, maybe give us an example. What's that like, like to go there? I mean, what kind of questions are those, um, you know, for our audience? So how, do you, how do they apply that? Sure. So, ultimately, I'll, I'll use an example. When we're digging into the issue of being humble, um, we, we begin by talking about what is in your worldview. How do you see the world? And, and Dr. Greenberg, you were referencing this just a moment ago. So as we get ready to dig into that others-focused side, which includes this idea of being humble, we spend a little time putting the following questions in front of somebody and just saying, we need you to think about this for the next couple of weeks. And we give them some guidance on how to think about it. But here's the question. To what extent are others worthy of my focus? And the reason we want to put that on the table to start start with is because we could talk about the effectiveness of being an others-focused leader all we want to. But if somebody's opening statement out of the gate, if they're really being honest with themselves, and that's a huge if, if their opening statement would be a really honest answer like, well, the people worthy of my time and focus are the people who can help me advance in this organization. Or the people who are worthy of my time and focus are the people who I like. If I don't like you, then you aren't worthy of my time and focus. We need to engage people with those kinds of questions and say, okay, let's be really honest. And this is a, you know, kind of a shame-free zone where, look, 
the most important part is for us to be honest with ourselves. If you find something you don't like, that's not a failure. If we find something that you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if that's going to support great leadership. Then we need to call that as a good step forward because we're being honest about where we are. So that's that's a part. I mean, that's one example of a million that we could talk about. But being willing to talk about really, really, you know, are, are other people worth your time or only certain subset of people worth your time? And then what, what do we do with that when we look at the data around being others focused? You know, and that's so important, Tim, because this gets to the issue of, uh, of you know, social justice within our own realm of influence, right? Within an organization, how many people can you think of, and I would ask my audience this, our audience this, I mean my audience when I'm doing a speaking presentation, our audience here on the radio show, when you think about who you are spending time with, are they a reflection of the people that you take an interest in, and are they in fact contributing to your emotional brilliance, or in your words, are they individuals you believe are worth investing in because they are more or less like you? And this who, not what principle is so compelling to me. You know, I really enjoyed this discussion today because you get to a, a deeper level of thought without necessarily stretching people's capacity to really think. This is very quick and easy for the brain to come to. And that's really the secret, right? The secret sauce is if we follow, you know, uh, Davidson's principles and and Kahneman's principles, you got to get to it quickly. It can't be hard to think about. And that's what I love about the the simplicity with which you are doing this assessment and with which you are explaining to the world what's really important, right? This you know, being sound inwardly and being others focused and then, you know, how you're going to do that. So kudos to you, Tim. You're really waking up <laughs> well, the thanks. world. Uh, and I love the way you're doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love. I tell people regularly that if I were all of a sudden independently wealthy and didn't need money, uh, there'd be very little about my job that I would change. I love walking alongside leaders, and I, and I love walking alongside followers who are trying to figure out who they want to follow as well. So I, I'm I'm glad that it resonates in the way that you're yeah. you're describing. But it really is a it really is a labor of love for me. And that you, you can really hear it, Tim, in your, your voice and your compassion, and, and I'm sure in your work. So we're going to go to our our last break here, and so. Uh, We'll break away. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. 
That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We have been having a terrific conversation with Tim Spiker talking about, are you a leader worth following? Tim, let's make it real easy for everybody to find you. Give us the best website for everybody to come look at your good stuff. Oh, thanks. Uh, the easiest way to find us is, is going to be beworthfollowing.com. Beworthfollowing.com. So the whole word, B-E-W-O-R-T-H, right? Yep, you got it. And then okay. following.com, beworthfollowing.com. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Fantastic. you. So, so, Tim, we got a cu- another question for you. And I think what's uh, timely, but it then uh, passes time we've been talking about some of these principles you know Stephen Covey's talked about this when he mm-hmm. went and researched his seven habits of highly effective people you know he went back to mm-hmm. all the character traits you know we have so many techniques that uh, people are trying to lean on because they're shortcuts but these character traits yeah. you know take quite a, uh, a while to develop so he kind of started that with the seven habits and went back to that but say you know a little bit more when you're the objections that you may hear, given that everybody wants a shortcut. We talk about we've now outsourced <laughs> our thinking. You know, people don't want to think yeah. anymore because you got Siri and, and you got Alexa. And so <laughs> these are these are thought provoking things that take some research. So how do you, you know, when people push back with that, well how do they push back and then what do you do? So it's interesting that I I really don't find people who push back on what the research says. I don't find people, I find people who encounter the who, not what principle and their first thought is, wait a second, could that be true? But as they engage a little bit further, they see it true in their own experience and it matches up with the data. So yeah. we, we don't get a ton of pushback on the research itself. The place where people show up with the most pushback is, well, okay, fine. I, I'm going to accept the premise of what your research findings say and that who really does have a big impact on how effective we are as leaders. But can we do anything about it? I mean, aren't we basically, you know, aren't we fully baked by the age of 30 at the latest? Isn't that, isn't it kind of game over on who we are at this point? And I'll say to you and to the audience here, I understand that thinking. I think it's logical, but it's just not accurate. And so this requires just a short history lesson here. If you go back, uh, you'll find a Swiss psychologist named Jean Piaget. And he was essentially the founder of the idea of uh, that we have this, this formative years concept where we grow and develop faster and more quickly in our earlier in years, early years. And then what people have done, that's become kind of so ubiquitous, people don't even know where it came from anymore. But ultimately now we see some folks who are later on in their lives and their careers who don't seem willing to grow and develop. And this erroneous conclusion has been reached that people can't grow and develop later in life. But then comes along a couple of researchers, Cheryl Dawson and, uh, excuse me, Cheryl Armand and Theo Dawson. And they were working off Lawrence Kohlberg's uh, theories. And what they found is that people who are, they did a 13-year study, and they found that every single person in their study was capable of growing and developing. And that included some people in their study that didn't start the study until they were above the age of 55. And what's really an underscore to this idea of can folks who are not below the age of 30 grow and develop at the core of who they are Armand and Dawson found that there's a section of Kohlberg's work that's called post-conventional reasoning. This is the deepest level of our moral reasoning and development. And it's really interesting that Armand and Dawson found that nobody reached that highest level who was under the age of 35. So that really suggests something that almost feels like common sense, which is you got to have a little time in the saddle to fully develop who you are. So I understand the objection to, can we really work on this? Um, but there is research out there that says that we can. In addition to that, I can share, you, share with you that we've seen it with our clients. We've seen a movement uh, with one of our clients. We work with them over the course of five years, and we were working exclusively on who they were. And almost every single of the leaders was above the age of 40 
and they moved from the bottom quartile of McKinsey's organizational health index to the top quartile in those five years. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that we are the only thing that they were working on with who, not what. They were doing other things, but they came to us as a person of the executive team and said, this made a huge development for us moving forward. And I'll, I'll close this with, with one anecdotal story that I just love. This is an executive that we were working with, again, over the age of 40. And we got 18 months into this work on who, not what. And he had one of his direct reports come to him. And the report said this, said that 18 months ago, I was ready to leave this organization and you were the reason. Now I want to stay and you are the reason. So I think it makes sense that people would have some hesitations, but I will share that we have seen time and again that people who are willing to do the work can grow and develop in who they are, no matter what age they are. So it's really not a question of can or can't. It's a question of will or won't. Tim, that is so compelling because, as Relly will echo here as we come to a quick close uh, on the show, our work with leaders and emotional intelligence clearly indicates that as you grow, you can become more emotionally brilliant. And with your data and your work, we know that we can make a huge impact on the world in a positive way, and everybody can become a leader worth following. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. And, Rally, I'll let you bring us home. Yeah, well, thanks, Tim. So let me just kind of go back through, you know, the beworthfollowing.com. And uh, when they go to that website, just say a little bit what they'll get, and then we'll, uh, we'll bring this to a close. Well, there's a, there's a little video there, a little five-minute video where you'll have a chance to hear a little bit more about the research. Of course, there's an opportunity. The book goes into it more in depth, and so you can get to that there or through Amazon. So that's the only leaders worth following. And then if you, if you choose to poke around a little more, you'll see some of our uh, examples with our clients' work that we've done, and you can see a little bit more about the process that we go through. I mean, I think, I think that's the thing that's been the most fun to work on over the years right. is once that we saw that Who Not What existed, then we were really excited to dig in and said, how do we really help people take steps forward in yeah. developing themselves to become more inwardly sound and others focused? So they'll get a chance to read a little bit more about how all that works uh, on the website. So thanks. Well, Tim, this was really good. I mean, your work really parallels what, we're, what we've been doing for years. And, you know, and I think when it, when it comes down to it, it's a, you, you got some provocative language, but it's a lot of the same you know, principles that we're all mm-hmm. trying to help people be their best. How do you be your best? You need to know about yourself. You need to know about others. And then you need to know, okay, so how do I show up in those moments when challenges are there? And so there's more information that you can get from our website, uh, www.emotionalbrilliance.com, and then we have the emotionalbrilliance.com uh, slash academy where you can get a lot more uh, information, e-learning, topics that can help any leader be their best. Oh, so, and Tim, your, your work's going to be there very soon, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Greenberg. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you to our audience. Uh, tune in next week to tune up your performance. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.